quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm here again, all alone, talking to myself into a microphone. Um, And I want to talk to you all about this idea of harsh parenting and how oftentimes our harsh parenting is directed at one child because that child seems to present with the most quote unquote issues or they're having the most behavioral problems, quote unquote. And so we end up using harshness with this child because that's likely what was used with us. It's what we think works. And it's how we believe that behavior should be modified, not because, you know, we don't know any better, but because that becomes our default because society has set us up in this way that that is how you correct a child's behavior is to be harsh with them. So, you know, a harsh word or a harsh tone or harsh correction or punishments or lecturing or, you know, could also be withdraw, icing a child out or could be having a big talk with them and telling them all the things that they are doing are wrong. And that might not seem as harsh as the other punitive measures, but it can be very shame-inducing for kids. So this played out in my house with my daughters. And Esme ended up being the target of my harshness because Pia was more agreeable and she would never act out because I think she was scared to act out because she saw the way in which I came to Esme. But this harshness on Esme really created a sibling rift because she was not able to get out her dysregulation with me. She was not able to get her dysregulation out at all. And I would shut her down at every turn with either a punishment or with a harsh word or a harsh tone or isolation and timeout. And it built lots of resentment and lots of anger. And it caused Esme to take that dysregulation out on her sister. 
So although we believe like, oh, well, this harsh parenting, I only directed it at this child. And, you know, I know this child is affected and I'm I'm working on that. It really does affect the other kids in our family. And I think in this instance, in my case, and what I see with many of my clients is that the children that are more agreeable, I've had a client lately who's just, who came to me and said, well, I'm not so worried about this kid because, you know, they're following the rules and they're more compliant and, you know, they um, seem to be more agreeable and they just seem to be happier and doing better. And I would argue that that could be the case. Absolutely. But that if there is harsh parenting going on in the family and there's a kid that is more agreeable, that that kid is also watching this interaction play out. They're watching you. They were, as Pia was watching me, be harsh to Esme. And so she then told herself a story that she didn't want to make me angry, that she wasn't willing to take on that dysregulation and that she would just instead rather be good and rather do the right thing and rather make everybody happy because she didn't want that directed at her nor do I believe that she saw me as a safe place. And so she presented as more agreeable and she presented as, you know, less of a problem. But I don't think that it was because, partially probably because of her temperament, right? But also partially because she didn't want my wrath. What also ended up happening is that Esme became the scapegoat for whatever was going on in the house. It ended up being Esme's fault. And then it was the house was, you know, tumultuous and she was the reason why. And everybody knew that because the way in which I was treating her. So it gave Pia a certain lens to look at her sister, right? I'm looking at my sister with this idea that she's a problem, that she needs to fix her behavior, and that poor mom is working so hard to make that happen and is angry and upset. And if Esme would just behave, quote unquote, then everybody would feel better. And so I kind of painted, unknowingly painted as me as the villain. I unknowingly made her the scapegoat really for my own dysregulation because I was unable to stay calm in the moments when Esme was having a hard time. I was unable to stay calm when she was defiant, when she talked back to me, when she was unkind to her sister. I was unable to stay calm and regulate and find my centeredness And so that dysregulation, my dysregulation and my inability to cope with the situation was now being shouldered by not only Esme, but also Pia. They were both shouldering my dysregulation. And at the same time, everyone was viewing Esme as the problem, which isn't good for sibling rivalry, by the way. So when Esme is now the problem, how does Esme feel about herself? She feels pretty crappy about herself. She feels full of shame. She feels like she can never do any right. Then I began hearing the things that I was saying to Esme. I began hearing those things come out of Esme's mouth to Pia. And that's when it became very evident that the problem was not Esme, but the problem actually was me. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, Alpha-Lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. 
BiHeart is an easy to digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio, like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. BiHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about BiHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. So when we have a harsh parenting pedagogy, the whole family suffers under it. And that harshness really comes from us and our dysregulation and our inability to be calm. And if we could just be calm in those moments and come centered to our children, we would show them just the opposite. We would show them that, A, I can regulate in any moment, no matter what, I can stay calm, which is really, really really, really hard to do, especially if we've got unmet needs and old hurts and things happening below the surface. And we can't always do it. Let me just say that too. Like, I don't always do it. I can't always do it. I try to do it as much as I possibly can, but I don't always find my calm and I lose it. So if we just came with our centeredness, even if we're faking it to some degree, even if we're like inside, like, oh my God, I'm going to kill her. She's, I can't believe she said that. But if we can fake it to some degree on the outside for now and stay calm, now we're showing them we're safe. We're also showing them that nobody is the villain. Nobody is going to get in trouble. No one is going to be thought of as wrong. And so if we can instead have this neutral ground where mistakes are just held, where dysregulation is not judged, where feelings are allowed to come out, where kids can have an unsavory moment and a bad and bad behavior for a second and then nobody is going to come unhinged. If we can maintain that idea, now we're showing everyone mistakes are okay. Living in this family is part of, you know, rupture and repair and that you don't have to be judged by your behavior, basically, and that you're loved unconditionally. So if you can maintain that through line, then our children are free to be who they are. And what happened later on when things got better is that Esme began to really regulate and do well. Sure, she still had her moments. She still does. She's a strong kid. 
But Pia was able to also have her feelings and also not view her sister as the problem and really put into perspective that it's okay to make a mistake and mom's not going to lose it. So if you think that one child is really receiving all of the harshness because their behavior is really difficult and hard to manage, be mindful that everybody in the house is watching and that is really affecting all of their relationships. So it's affecting the sibling relationship, it's affecting the parent-child relationship with each of those kids because the kids, if they're agreeable or they're more of a people-pleasing kid, they'll want to do whatever they can to help you out to make sure that you don't have to deal with that kind of interaction with them. So they may falsely or artificially act in agreeable ways because they think they have to, because they want our they want our approval or they also want the calm in the house or they just are that kind of a person. They're the people-pleasing person. That's part of their temperament. And so they'll lean into that. So being harsh affects the entire unit. And also being calm affects the entire unit. Basically, parents are the catalyst for the relationships in the family. We have a unique role in that whatever we present and however we act and the way in which we lead, because we're the leaders of our family, inform everything that's going to go on, inform all the relationships that everyone shares. So if we come with our own dysregulation, and granted, we're going to come with our own dysregulation sometimes, right? We're going to apologize, we're going to make amends, and we're going to get back on track. But if we come with our own dysregulation often and with extreme harshness, we will imprint a certain idea on everybody. We'll imprint that this person is is the problem and will imprint that mom's, her feelings and the what's, what's going on with her are most important because she's unable to regulate. So please take a look at, you know, maybe the family dynamics that are going on in your house and how we can come with more neutrality and bring our most regulated place. And if you're having a hard time regulating, I think that one of the best things I did was um, journaling. And I have a good guide to journaling and we'll link it here. But I would always, after I would lose it and be really dysregulated, I'd say to myself, why was that dysregulating for me? Why did I lose my temper? Why am I mad and yelling? What is it that bothered me? What is the unmet need? What am I struggling with here? And for me, it was often, you know, not being heard. It was often that nobody ever allowed me to be like that. And so how could she? It was often this idea of respect and I was made to respect my parents. And so when we can get to those and we can journal about them and say, what does it remind me of? You know, what did it feel like when I was a kid and these things happened? And kind of get to the bottom of that piece. It helps us unravel it. It also helps us see our kids. When we can see ourselves as kids, it helps us see our children in their moments and have more compassion for them because we can remember what it felt like for us and how hard it was for us. And then we can bring that same empathy to our parenting. So check out the journaling guide. It just gives you a few questions, kind of ask yourself so that you can get on a, maybe on a new path of untriggering or detriggering or unearthing your unmet needs and bringing them to light and talking about them. And hopefully that will help move them out as opposed to having them just remain and stick in there. Okay. Thank you for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I'll see you guys next time. 